You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Today's a big day, Pam, here at Sexy Marriage Radio. Okay. On the day this is airing, Wednesday, November 10th, is launch day of our course, the Rekindle and Connect course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is an online course that's videotaped or recorded from the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway that was intentionally created and put together in a manner that would help across the board of people. Right. Bring out some good resources for a lot of people. People that can't make it to the getaway, that kind of thing. So as of this morning on November 10th, Wednesday, uh, it is now live and we're doing a 48-hour flash sale. And so you've got 48 hours from November 10th that morning early till early on November 12th to pick it up at the lowest price possible. So hope you listen to the podcast. <laughs> if you're listening right away. On the day you're re- it's released. So take you got advantage of it. You've got, you've got the next two days from the t- date this airs and drops that, to catch it. Uh, and Academy members, there's a special rate for you. So check your email inbox mm-hmm. uh, if you're a member of the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy. But it's uh, smrnation.com forward slash rekindle is where you can learn more. Uh, take advantage of the 48-hour sale if you missed it. Uh, sorry. You missed it, but it's still going to be available uh, once you join. You've got access to it. Not the flash it. sale, but the videos. <laughs> Everything else will still be available, correct. Right. Uh, once once you join, you have it's it's yours forever. So it's it, and it's all housed at the my.smrnation.com platform. Right. So it's user it's a great friendly. opportunity to to listen to use this on your own time, mm-hmm. right? And you could do a segment a night or however. And, oh, hopefully, you and your spouse would do it together. And the beauty of it is, uh, for the members that are in the course, uh, there's some discussion available at the bottom of each of the course pages. Mm-hmm. That if you want to jump in there, I'll be hanging out there. If you got questions, ask specifically. Perfect. And you'll get the support and the feedback all the way through uh, as if you were there uh, in the audience. And that's that's what we really hope can be in- incredibly impactful for people. And so right. this is a big day. We're excited to have this resource has been something that's been uh, in the works for a while, mm-hmm. and there's more to come. Looking forward to it. We're coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation I got to have with Dr. Lori Watson. And so we missed the window of having this air in October mm-hmm. because we couldn't coordinate the schedules with her mm-hmm. well enough. <laughs> but uh, so the, the free version of the show today, we're talking about uh, information for couples dealing with breast cancer. Right. Of what's good things that she needs to be aware of, what's good things he needs to be aware of, because we had a listener email in with, hey, this has just hit us. They're dealing with it, right? It's real life. I need some help. How do I be an advocate Mm -hmm. for this? How do I fight for this? Because I don't want to lose what we could, and and I still want to be as courageous as possible. And so she's she actually wrote a dissertation over the over the idea of how breast cancer impacts couples, Mm -hmm. and so it's fantastic conversation. And then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Um, we pivot the conversation with Dr. Lori and talk about this dynamic she's come across. As she's kind of calling it the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. It's where you have a sexual pursuer that's paired with an emotional 
withdrawer or pursuer. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So a sexual pursuer yes. often has is paired with a sexual withdrawer. Okay. And then that person's an emotional pursuer that's often paired with an emotional withdrawer. And there's this dynamic of round and round we go. So one's more of a pursuer and the other is less of an emotional, or are they typically opposite within well, the like, same people? An easy way to sum it up would be the idea of one person seeks sex for connection and the other person wants emotion to have sex. Right. Wants yeah. the connection yeah. to have sex. Okay, yeah. But she's she kind of unpacks that a little bit more. Okay. And so all that's coming up on today's show. Well, it's been a long time since I get to welcome my guest today, Dr. Lori Watson, back to Sexy Marriage Radio. So Lori, it is so great to see you again. It is so great to help Sexy Marriage with, you know, make it sexier. I'm excited Uh, to be here. That's what we're all trying to do, I think, in a lot of ways. That's (laughs) exactly what you guys are doing at at Foreplay Radio. And yes, we are. And so it's nice to be able to collaborate. uh, And I would love to get your expertise and your, your view to help a listener of the SMR Nation. Okay. Um, because this is something that this is an email that's been uh, sitting in the inbox uh, for man, almost a year. And so I hate, Ooh. I don't like when it sometimes it takes that long for us to get around to, to answering a question from a listener, yeah. but it's also something I know is applicable to a lot of people. And so Good. let me, let me kind of read through this and I'll paraphrase sure, sure. some of it, but this is from a husband that's just asking for some guidance. He says, my wife is 36 and was recently diagnosed with stage three best breast cancer. We have a three and four year old outlook is good, but it's going to be a long, difficult journey. So over the years, we've struggled with desire differences and other issues in the bedroom in general. Last year or so, things have been pretty good and on an upswing, but I can see progress related to the work that both of us has put in. Most of it is related to listening to the shows and the different uh, resources I use. He's the higher desire. She's the lower desire. Uh, We recognize the roles for what they are and have been much closer as of late, really made some good progress until now. Enter a very aggressive cancer diagnosis. Everything's changed. We're both stuck firmly in our heads. She had to immediately go off birth control. So I'm having to use condoms, which has never really worked well due to the added friction, no matter how much lube or what type that we use. I'm planning to get a vasectomy soon, but even then scheduling has gotten crazy because of COVID. Everything I read is the chemo, specifically combined with hormone suppression, is a death sentence to both function, as in extreme vaginal dryness, tightness, et cetera, which was already an issue, and it hits desire. Treatment starting out of the gate is 20 weeks of aggressive chemo, followed by surgery, then more chemo. To add complications to this all, she's also had vaginal reconstructive surgery when she was younger to correct a urinary tract issue. So this is already causing a hit or miss issues with us. The medical team she has is fantastic because they are experienced with her actual case. So I cannot even begin to tell you how well off medically things are. It's just super Mm -hmm. frustrating that sexual wellness is not even part of the conversation, which that's a big truth. Oh, that's a big truth. (laughs) So where do we go? How do I advocate to her and her care team regarding all of our concerns without coming across as a selfish a-hole? I want to a long, fulfilling life with her. I just don't know how to navigate the possibility of that, not including physical connection starting at this early point in our life. Thanks. Okay. okay. So there's a lot here, Lori. And there's a lot here. And I think it's and we're worth gonna get to it. Diagnosing some as far as because uh, you've got some framework from some of the work you've done with our with some research. 
That's right. That I saw. That's right. So I'd my, love to, where, where do we start with this? Okay. Yes. My, so I'm Dr. Lori Watson now, uh, just fairly recently in my old age. And I have done my dissertation work on breast cancer. Uh, I'm a, you know, a certified sex therapist and, mm-hmm. and this, the reason I picked breast cancer is because it was the most vicious disease against sexuality, prostate cancer too, really problematic. But one of the issues that's different with prostate cancer is a man can walk down the street and you never know he had, you know, prostate cancer. Whereas a woman who has breast cancer, she is suffering enormous body self-image problems because Mm -hmm. oftentimes she has mastectomies and, you know, a single or a double mastectomy and, Mm -hmm. and our breasts as women, you know, denotes us as female to the world mm-hmm. and to our own self-image. So I that's I thought what's the worst of the worst that I can focus on to help people and I thought breast cancer was it. So I am first of all I want to tell this man something. You are not selfish to want to keep sex alive. This is correct. A blessing. This is important. We bond as people sexually and emotionally. Both of those things are what we expect in romance. And the fact that you have good desire, solid desire, this is a gift. This is a gift to the relationship. It is a, you know, so important. So please, I just beg of you, see this as something that is a drive, God-given drive, mm-hmm. that is something that will solidify the partnership. It is not selfish. It is a gift. So mm-hmm. that's my first message to him. Absolutely true. Okay. so. I'm going to break down some of the problems with breast cancer so we can kind of think about them in many different ways. So there's body self-image. And then we're going to talk about arousal problems and desire problems. And they're actually a bit separate. Um, Orgasm as well. And so it's like, how does the body work now with these problems? And then I'd like to talk about the sexual relationship between two people, because that he's part of that too. Even though it's her body that is enduring cancer, trust me, when you're partnered with somebody who has cancer, you are absolutely a part of it. Oh, absolutely. It impacts, it impacts you differently, but it is one of those impacts and that kind of that same philosophy of it's easier to go through something than watch somebody I care about go through something. It is. It's so painful. Yep. I mean, how many of us have had children suffer something and we'd be like, if only it were me. Uh-huh. I'll trade or spaces. Our partner. Yep. I'll trade places at any moment for you. Yep. Our partner, Again. right? I would I would wish it were me rather yep. than you. Yeah. Yep. And and this is the heart of the protective partner. And that is a blessing. And I, I want us to remember this as we come back to it, Corey, because I think that um that protection is a beautiful thing, but sometimes it messes up the sexual relationship. And we're going to, we're going to do that last. We're going to do that last. Perfect. Okay. So body self-image, right? A woman losing her breasts. Chemotherapy means she loses her hair. She loses her, the hair on her head. She loses her eyelashes. She loses her pubic hair. Mm -hmm. These are all things that mark us as female. And I mean, I know that fashion right now is less pubic hair. So sometimes for young women, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for, for many people, it's also pubic hair also marks us as sexually mature adults. And so, I mean, it can be very distressing 
And I, I mean, I see eyebrows gone, eyelashes gone on my patients. And so it's not just, she can wear a wig. It's like, you know, her whole face looks different. Her eyes are unframed. This is so distressing, let alone basically the amputation of a breast, Mm -hmm. which I can't even tell you, you know, the joy, um, that all the things that women feel as they come into puberty and their breasts start to develop. And I mean, some of us feel awkward, but most of us eventually really enjoy having breasts and the breast, the nipple is an arousal pattern, right? You know, if she likes nipple stimulation and suddenly she has no nipples, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is really problematic. It's so it's factor. Both- Yep. It's her body self-image primarily is what we're talking about right now, but we'll get to the fact that there are arousal pattern differences. So first thing I would say to him is he is in the most powerful position to affirm her femininity still to say, I look at you and I think you're beautiful. Basically, if a man will affirm to his wife suffering breast cancer, losing her breasts, that he finds her deeply attractive. This is so incredibly healing. I mean, that's the one thing I want to get through to the partners out there. Say that. The one thing I want to get through to uh, the wives of prostate cancer sufferers is tell him he's a man, Mm -hmm. you know, tell him you love, you know, his body, that he's still a man. I mean, this is the affirmation, the gift that we can give each other and heal each other in self-image. It's so powerful. So let me, I want to add one thing to this, Lori, because I think a framework matters in this regard, because there is an incredibly powerful, and I'm glad you're mentioning it in this way of the role the partner plays for the spouse that's going through it. Because as we're alluding to most of the time when it's happening to me, there's a, an inner resolve or a courage, or, you know what, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to, you know, there's something that is born in a lot of these kinds of things. And that's what I think a, a spouse can use to call upon. That's what's attractive is to watch how somebody goes about facing what they face. That's what I see in my clients. That's probably what you see in your clients of the courage it takes to face life on life terms yes. and to face diagnoses like this. That's an, that's an attractive quality of, it's of beautiful seeing it. See Absolutely. It is. And so that's partner. kind of what you're calling on. It's just like, man, look at the manner in which you are going about this. That is vibrancy in and of itself. Yeah. It is really powerful to see our partner struggle and be victorious, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining their mood and stuff like that. But I also want to leave space because George and I are also our, my Uh, podcast co-host George Fowler. We're also, you know, about the flip side. There's always a flip side to just about everything. So I'm going to (laughs) hold space for the flip side of being each other's comfort in our weakness as well. It is a beautiful thing to see the courage of a survivor, but we also have to leave room in the relationship for, you know, sharing our weaknesses. Sure. Um, But yeah, so self-image is a big blow. Okay. It's no kidding. I, I really encourage young women think about reconstructive surgery at the same time as mastectomy. Think about getting tattoos right now. They have incredible 3d tattoos where women can get a, a nipple tattoo mm-hmm. um, that actually looks like Trump Loy. I, do you know what that is in painting? It's, it's painting that is flat, but it makes things look, it looks 3D. like it's, yeah, it looks 3d yeah, like and, it's, yep. Yeah, it's got the texture absolutely. or the, the dimension to it. Yes. 
Yeah. And I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and there's a woman here. I think she's called Pink, Pink Ink. And I'll just pimp her and I don't get anything for that, but she does a beautiful tattoo. People fly in all over the country. Mm-hmm. I think she was on Oprah and she really does do a beautiful tattoo for my breast cancer patients. Perfect. So think about that. Um, we want to help you restore as much as possible, you know, to at least being able to get as close to as possible, something that you don't feel as self-conscious, maybe in clothes. I think, you know, the difficulty is that um, a breast after breast cancer, even a reconstructed breast, we're not talking about a boob job, right? You know, it doesn't look like a boob job, right? And I think, you know, so many people say the stupidest things to breast cancer survivors, like, well, you know, at least you're getting a boob job out, out of it. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 you're this not. Is, this is no, you are not getting that. So, okay. So self-image, we get that. I think the next thing I'd like to talk about is um, what do we do about desire and arousal when you are dealt this card? So first, first thing that happens is your anxiety is going to skyrocket. You get a yep. diagnosis of breast cancer. Are you kidding me? Yep. This is literally life and death. And our body is going to go into high alert. Our brain is programmed to look for danger. So it's like alert, 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 danger, danger, danger. And that escalation of anxiety, it's very hard to be aroused when we are anxious. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes desire goes right out the window upon diagnosis. And I get that. My heart gets that. I'm sure the partner gets that. Mm -hmm. And yet we know that making love is a way that we connect and we need each other so desperately. And oftentimes in partnership, and I think this has been indicated in this email is one person usually finds sex as the most soothing, comforting, connecting place. And the other person may find it as a way that they connect to their partner, but it's not everything. Maybe, maybe she's more um, emotional and needs emotional connection before she can feel sexual connection. And now her emotional world is in turmoil. Yep. So, so I just want to encourage them, you know, if there's any way to take time, you know, before surgery, before chemo starts to, um, go away, spend a lot of time crying, holding each other, spend a little time in poignant lovemaking, you know, please do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say this above all, this is the time that we need help, um, getting to desire. And so, you know, if you allow yourself a little bit of wine or a little bit of champagne to take the anxiety down, please do it. One of the problems that, happens is doctors, um, you know, are concerned about life and death. That's why they're not talking about sex. Uh Their whole focus, (laughs) oncologists, their whole focus is let's talk, let's save this person. Yep. They got bigger fish to fry as they frame it. They do. And I understand that. And I think the other thing is doctors are human and they don't have a lot of hope about how to help with sexuality. So they don't want to open a can of worms where they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to offer much. That's true. So first of all, let's get this couple to a sex therapist who knows something about breast cancer and kind of predict what's going to happen. Okay. And help good them do it. Yep. That's that, a good step. That would be wonderful. Um, I've written blogs. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have done a lot of work. 
Um, in fact, one of my research projects is to do a film for couples on surviving sexuality, a whole nother story, but <laughs> okay. 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 So beginning problem, anxiety, and what do doctors offer when a person is anxious? They offer an SSRI. That's an anti-anxiety, antidepressant yep. to help with her mood because she can be so devastated. But the problem with an SSRI is it has a side effect that represses sexual desire and it represses orgasm. So right when you need it the most, you know, you're medically being dampened by an SSRI. So it's sort of like this terrible choice, like, okay, do I like feel horrible, you know, and and not want to have sex or do I take an SSRI and I feel a little bit better. I want to have sex. sex, right? (laughs) Right. So there are medication choices and she needs to talk to her oncologist about that. Wellbutrin mm-hmm. is a particular drug that works on dopamine instead of serotonin. It does not have the sexual side effects. In fact, sometimes it can be added um, to an SSRI course of treatment to help with sexual side effects. So that's one, one part. Um, so, you know, and I, I would say go to a psychiatrist and this, you know, your team you're going to see a lot of experts. You're going to see a lot of doctors. Yep. Trust me, psychiatrists don't mean you're crazy. They are experts on psychotropic medication. Yep. So they can help think about the, you know, what would be most appropriate for your situation. So I would say Wellbutrin over an SSRI to help with depression, maybe spot treatment of anxiety with a benzodiazepine, mm-hmm. which is like Xanax. So it, it doesn't have the same depressing effect on libido. Right. Okay. Now now we're getting to other problems. Yep. We're getting to chemo and chemo does a major thing. It basically shuts down the ovaries. So when we shut down the ovaries in a young woman, we throw her into menopause instantaneously. What does menopause do is it shuts down our hormone production. So ovaries are shut down in terms of them producing hormones. And, you know, sometimes I I get it. There's really good reasons for this. Um, I mean, we're trying to save her life. Yep. So I get this. Um, But the problem is, is suddenly estrogen and testosterone are shut down. And those, that's kind of a stew along with progesterone that a woman has that creates her physiological libido. Yep. We already know she's a low libido woman. And we already know that for all women, you know, testosterone is so much lower than for men. I mean, men have, you know, probably a 40 year old guy, he's 800, 600 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone in his body. She's probably at 25 to 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, think it just, if, if you can kind of think of that quantitative yep. difference, Huge. she's not going to have a lot of drive from testosterone anyway. And now let's wipe it out. She's her body is going to feel very, very quiet. I, I think the good news is, is that most women do not feel libido in their bodies. I mean, that's tragic. And trust me, I have a lot of envy for men. Like I wish, I wish to experience that, you know, the, what the biological like? component that that consists oh. of in the, in the whole dynamic. I get it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so beautiful. Okay. So, so, okay. So our body's going into shutdown. What can we do about that? 
you know, first of all, desire is like a, a component. It it has components. We've we got to have success. We've got to be able to reach orgasm to reinforce any kind of desire that we might have. We have to use our minds to get there. And if your mind is preoccupied by, oh my God, I have cancer, really hard to think about sexual you know, use our sexual imagination to think about, I could have a great time in bed tonight. You know, right. it's like, I just right. got to get through this day. I've got kids. Um, I just want to live, you know, so mm-hmm. that I can see my kids grow up. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And, and it, it's just really hard to get that rat off the wheel, you yep. know, the anxiety wheel inside. But I would say, so this is a time that I recommend um, using some helpful things like a vibrator. I, okay. You know, a vibrator is, I think we think of it as a toy, but it becomes a tool when you have breast cancer. When you are okay. under chemo treatment, your body just is not going to respond as quickly. So you need some help. Is that one of those um, things like the threshold just gets raised on what would normally have worked all of a sudden now that threshold is is higher on it takes exactly. more to get there because your operating baseline is different and lower. Absolutely. So I say definitely use a vibrator. And let me say to your people, because maybe they don't know what I mean, is most women don't reach orgasm through sexual intercourse and never have. Correct. This woman has sexual pain problems because of surgery. So I'm talking about clitoral vibrators, vibrators that they use on the clitoris. And I want her to use it with a lubricant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to pimp for uh, Uber Lube if it's okay. I uh, fine. I do I do sell it with the podcast. It's uh, uberlube.com with the coupon for play. You get 10% off. But I got to tell you, I've been recommending it for 20 years. It's a silicone-based lubricant. It will not trap bacteria. It will not give you an infection. It will not give you allergies. And when you're Vaginal tissue is getting drier. You need a lubricant yep, absolutely every you do. single time. Yep, uh, uh, we we confirm that over and over as well through the years. So it's Good. it's a it's a, an important message. Good for menopause, cancer treatment, absolutely perfect. Okay, so oh. as we we got to we got to start kind of pivoting to wrap okay. this little section up on we were talking okay. about arousal desire and then orgasm. Is there other components that are definitely we need to nail before we we finish? So. One of the problems with the dryness is that she's also going to atrophy. That means her tissue is going to shrink and get more fragile. So I need her to do something new in terms of hygiene every day in the shower. And some women have never done this. So it feels like a big task, but I want her to put her fingers in her vagina and press against the perineum, which is the space between her vagina and her anus. Mm -hmm. And I just want her to give it a little push, not a big stretch, not a big deal, but every day in the shower, no soap in your vagina, just put your fingers in, feel it, squeeze it, relax. It's actually the relaxed movement that I want her to focus on. Okay. But, and I want her to signal those muscles uh, at the bottom of her vagina. It's okay to relax. And that's Mm -hmm. what that little push does. So it becomes a new hygiene okay? because I want her to keep her vagina open. Okay. And this has to happen like kind of from day one okay. of the diagnosis. Okay. okay. 
That's that's a great tip because that is one of those things that's preventative, but it's also part of the process of restoration in a lot of ways. Exactly. Too. Perfect. Exactly. And in terms of for him, he's got to become masterful at seduction and take longer than he could possibly think it's going to take. <laughs> and be okay with the long game. Right. I, I like long it. game. Yep. And you know, I think at 40, one of the dilemmas between heterosexual couples is, you know, he gets an erection because he's so turned on. And he doesn't want to lose that erection and she's nowhere close to ready. And this mm-hmm. is ubiquitous between couples, let alone cancer couples. Mm-hmm. And I would say to him, you know what? It's okay to go soft and get hard again with a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just kind of got to set your mind on that. Your erection is going to wax and wane in order to have a good time together. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she stimulates him manually and then they, um, you know, later have sexual intercourse, or maybe they just give each other orgasms at this point, because orgasms are, are also powerful for her healing. Yep. They keep blood flow to her vulva, which is super important. And that's, that's what I, that's what jumped out to me, Lori, was the idea that he's got the concern of, I can't imagine going, having to do away with this kind of a connection this early in life, when in reality, okay. there is still all kinds of ways for connection. Yes that are sexual. Cause we've, yes. we've been proponents here at SMR for a long time of sex is not just penis inside vagina. It's, right on. it's a whole lot more that we can do. Right. It's a whole lot more of an experience an act, a presence, an essence, if you will. And so think outside the box, like you're describing and be an advocate and an ally for each other in a lot of ways. Right. Lying Perfect. naked, lying naked releases oxytocin and that's the bonding hormone. And that's good too. Okay. Perfect. Well, Lori, um, there is so much more we could even be talking about this. I want to say one last thing about the sexual relationship. I'm sorry. I'm going to take you a little long. Do it. Go. But this is is the most important thing that my research discovers. I can't let it go. Oh, perfect. Uh, So you know what? Um, Because he probably has a protective heart, one of the things that men do for breast cancer patients is they don't tell their wives about their own concerns and worries. And therefore- the couple cannot get on the same page and grieve their losses together. Okay. So what I would say to him is, of course, you want to support her. And of course, you're thinking, I, I'm not suffering compared to her. That's true. But you are suffering. Mm-hmm. And just being able to say, you know what? I, I love your body. I'm always going to love your body. But yes, of course, you know, there's a part of me too that is experiencing so much loss. And I... I don't want to hurt you by saying this. I I want you to know I'm with you. I'm your sexual partner. I'm your husband. But yeah, there are times I I miss your beautiful breasts and I miss being able to make love the way we used to. And I so worry about hurting you. And there's all these things Mm -hmm. that go on in my head and communicating that in a gentle, loving way helps the two of them feel each other's pain. And this is what we need to do. In times like this, we need to be each other's source of comfort. Yep. And that's the solitary thing that a man can actually do is share his own pain in gentle, loving ways that changes the trajectory of the coupleship. That's so good. Isn't yep. that crazy? That I mean, is, that's, it's that so, so counterintuitive, good. right? Yep. He wants to be the silent knight who's so strong and there for yep. her. 
And he never thinks about the vulnerability of talking about his loss because he thinks it would burden her, but she knows it's there, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then it allows her to talk about her losses instead of saying, don't worry about your breast being gone. I love you anyway. No, it's like, oh, baby, yeah. I can't even imagine what it's like for you to lose your breast. Oh my God. You know, and yep. really being in that with each other. That is what saves the coupleship after breast cancer. That's good. Uh, no, that that's the that's the shared experience of you both have your own journey that it's not a personal attack of each other. It's your own exactly. journey. And so share it. So Lori, that is so good. Um, how do people find more of you uh, and oh. what you do? Please let, let them know. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm a podcaster too. And it's with George Fowler. It's foreplay radio, couples and sex therapy, or just foreplay couples and sex therapy. I think now we're on iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere. You just have to Google Lori Watson or Dr. Lori Watson, find me, but just think about foreplay. Join us on Instagram. We're foreplay underscore radio sex therapy. And we have a big Instagram following and we do these kinds of posts so that you'll have visual reminders about where we're at and how to be with each other. Perfect. Lori, thank you so much for helping uh, expertly deal with a subject that f- impacts far too many people and far too you many You didn't know couples. that I would just go on and on, did you? No, I kind of <laughs> knew it because I saw, I knew you, if you did a dissertation about the subject, yeah. I know you've got a wealth of information about it because having yeah. done one myself, I get the, the, the magnitude of what that is. So, and you know you. what, I, I will link you to an article that I did on psychology today too, on 12 strategies for surviving breast Perfect. cancer. I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yep. I'll put yeah, it in the show I'll notes. Send that Perfectly. So thank you again, Lori. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. What an honor. One of the things that continually stands out to me, Pam, is um, the struggles that impact people in life today. You know, just not just marital stuff, but health issues, you know, cancer diagnosis, Mm -hmm. chronic illnesses, anxiety, depression. I mean, these are real things that, that wreak all kinds of havoc on relationships and people. Yeah. Relationships across your entire life, which dives right into your relationship and how you interact. And yeah. Right. So it's, it's so fortunate to know we got, we have access to people that can help give some steps, give some pointers, give some thoughts and Mm -hmm. a framework. And that's the way I love Dr. Lori Watson today on uh, the framework she put together of, okay, you want to look at this and this and all these different aspects. And that's where we went. Mm -hmm. And uh, our hope and prayer is that this is incredibly beneficial. Mm Mm-hmm. That if you if you know somebody that's in, impacted by this, if it's not you directly, pass it along. Yeah, share the episode with them. Maybe it'll be a, a blessing to them. Absolutely. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if we left something undone, let us know. 214-702-9565 or make a recording or email us that recording or a print. Mm-hmm. Text in, information on the email at feedbacksexymarriageradio.com. Well, wherever you are, however you've chosen to take a little bit of time out today to spend it with us. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.